Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Travis of Nest Friend, joined by Alex of Snest Drunk, who is in the midst of a YouTube vacation. Alex, how is that going? <laughs> it's going okay. Uh, it's mostly kind of a time of year thing for me, I think, because it gets just too hot to sleep at night, and I end up getting like just one or two hours of sleep the night after night, and it just adds up and. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's life in uh, Albuquerque for sh- you know it's, it's it's not for the faint of heart I guess. Uh, how about you? How are things? Uh, we're in your neck of the woods. Yeah, I think everything's all right. Uh, no, no real complaints. Not taking a not taking a YouTube hiatus. That's for sure. Um, but more no, to that, got some good yeah. stuff on the way here. Uh, with uh, it, but I got to say, both you and Stossdrunk have been killing it. Um, which I really appreciate. Oh yeah, so yeah, Stastrunk. Yeah, he recently did a little little expose on uh, what was it? Uh, uh, the Fox Star Fox Star Fox. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, he and then he did another one today for Skyblazer, which um, the reason he did that is because it's the game of the month for our uh, Patreon Discord chat thing. Oh yeah, and, right, uh, right. It's it's an interesting game. But yeah, we talk a little bit with our, our guest coming up here about your uh, your latest videos, um, or at least one of them, just the NES box art one that yeah. you put out, which is, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's really funny. Um, it's you, you gotta you can't help but laugh at some of the ridiculous box art that's that's on and not only NES games but a lot of video games of the era. So, what has been the reaction to that? And um, you do talk about one of the comments that you got. <laughs> in that in later on in the interview but what's what's been that what's that been like so far uh good overall and you know that's a really good question because i think you know maybe maybe you can speak on this too for a while you did review stuff and then you started to come out and do like list stuff and things that weren't just your your recipe abc so it's always there's always some hesitation of well people actually like this it's a little different than the rest of what i've done so that's what the box art video was kind of like i you know i want to I kind of just want to have fun uh, and do something a little bit different for the channel. And I think it was easier to convince myself of that because the channel has been growing. So I'm like, well, I'll definitely get feedback, whether good or bad. Somebody will definitely say something. But overall, it's been it's been pretty good. And it was a lot of fun uh, to put together. Actually, I rushed it together. I was so excited about the idea. There's so many things (laughs) I could have done to make it better or flow better, smoother. But um, overall, you know, I thought it was pretty good. And I'll probably do another one. Months down the line, maybe the next month, maybe it'll be a milestone celebration idea. So the next, you know, maybe when I hit five thousand or something, I'll do another one. But, um, but yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Looking forward to it because yeah, I think you're off to a good start with with this first one. Um, right away with the the Moffat conspiracy <laughs> cover, <laughs> I was laughing because it's just, you know, there's they. It's like we need to cram as much stuff as possible onto this, you know, little piece of cardboard, and it's just like. <laughs> when you really look at it, it's kind of absurd what's going on there. Uh, yeah, I always love the the dichotomy between the the cover art that has you know it's it's usually you know hand painted, hand drawn back in the day, highly detailed, you know almost poster art worthy 
And yeah. then the game, the games are very simplistic and almost nothing like that most of the time. And the the Atari actually cracks me up the most because they'll have some of the most epic box art, and then the game is two colors with with shapes, and you can't make out any. <laughs> so you have to, you know, it's 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 neat because your imagination, I guess, goes back to that box art, and you're like, oh, this must be what my character looks like. But you know, it's, yeah, it's that's, never close. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's um, you, it's all in your head, and that's what the box art cover art all that stuff is supposed to to do in these circumstances you know with when you play the game it's supposed to conjure up those images uh they didn't always fit but uh obviously that's kind of what you highlight but uh yeah it was it was a fun video it's nice to see you try something different too so kudos thank you thank you i mean so i want to get back to your vacation for a little bit no videos for for this week you said maybe maybe next week even i don't know like Next week's probably off too. Um, How's that feel though? Is it weird? Do you, are you oh, are you tense? Weird. Are you cracking your no, knuckles it, a lot? What are you doing? <laughs> it's definitely weird. Uh, Tuesdays especially are. It's like I, I felt this restlessness. That's like I I feel like I should be doing something right now. Uh, and I have done a little bit of writing. I haven't completely ignored everything, but um, like for the channel. Yeah, for the channels and right. recording some stuff here and there, but it's just it doesn't have the same like urgency that it, it normally does. So just because I, you know, I've, I do have a real job, and you know, I want to make sure that stuff is is taken care of, and it you seems know, there's like, this po- podcast oh, too. So oh yeah. yeah, yes, yes, the podcast obviously the most important thing that you're involved. Clearly, in, so. yes, please. Um, you know, I, I saw that you posted in your community tab, you know, you're letting people know like, hey, guys, just so you know, I know I know the videos have been sort of a mainstay every Tuesday, Thursday for the longest time. This I apologize if this disrupts, you know, your your rituals or whatever. But it seems like, you know, obviously people that support you were like, dude, yes, we were actually starting to wonder if you were real. So please take a break, <laughs> take a step back. So that that had to be very encouraging to see that people were like, oh, yes, dude, absolutely. Please do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's absolutely really cool. Um, everybody's been like really supportive and, and stuff. And it's like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm not sick or anything. It's just, just I, I guess, just long overdue. I just wanted to kind of, you know, it's like Bob. I always quote Bob Ross on here, but uh, sometimes you need to take a step back and take a look see, <laughs> yeah. and uh, give yourself some perspective of of things and uh, more try and obtain some sort of. Uh, uh, large picture perspective, big picture perspective, and yeah, it's been great so far. Do you think you'll work in little mini hiatuses, hiatuses? I don't know how you say it. Multi- I don't know what a multiple of a hiatus is. Um, <laughs> hiatai, hiatai. I don't know. Do you think you'll work more in in the future? Now that you've sort of been like, hey, this is a nice, a nice reprieve. Maybe uh, it's a yearly thing, or does that cross your mind? I think- I think maybe uh, if I ever get into the same position where I'm just totally content to let the my backlog, so to speak, you know, because I usually like to work three weeks in advance and have that like padding of, you know, I know if something happens to me, <laughs> I know stuff is still going to, you know, or something happens like, uh, you know, to my Internet or my computer or whatever. And I've had that happen before. But, um, you know, I've got stuff queued up and ready to go no matter what. Um, if I ever get to the point again, because that's what happened. I just didn't have anything ready, and I was like, I really am not feeling it. So I'm just not going to do videos for a little while. Um, but, yeah, if I get to that point again, then, yeah, definitely. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to schedule anything, but right, right. Um, you're just going to play it by ear. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad it's working out. That's that's awesome. Thanks. Uh, I guess we could move into some emails. Of course, our last episode we did 
uh, 90s music, and that was sort of a big hit episode, and we we thought, hey, maybe we'll do a part two later. We got a bunch of emails about 90s music, so we might save those specifically uh, yes. for, for that sequel, so to speak, that, that'll come soon. Uh, but we did have an email here from Trevor. Do you want me to take a stab at reading this? Sure, go ahead. Okay, Trevor says, hey, guys. Uh, just wanted to give you a shout out and let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. I look forward to the new episode each week and put it on while I'm either driving or playing video games. Lately, I've been focused on trying to beat Xeno Crisis and eliminate Down, so it was a nice surprise to listen to your podcast with MDP and hear both games brought up. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm curious. Coincidence yeah, yeah, right. Uh, like, who plays Eliminate Down? That's that's awesome. <laughs> Um, I'm curious if either of you have had a chance to play Micromages and what you think of it. If you're not familiar, it's a new NES game released last year. I believe it's also on Steam now as well, and it's one of my favorite video games on the system. Seriously, it might be in my top 10 NES games. Bold claim, I know. It supports four-player co-op as well, which is a blast with friends. Would love to hear your thoughts. So I guess we could start there. I, I haven't played it. I've heard of it, but I have not touched Micromages. Have you given it any, any time, Alex? I've only seen footage of it, and I do, it does look freaking cool, especially yeah. the four-player thing. You don't get four-player platformers too often on the NES, obviously, so that alone is cool. But um, I, I do I, I have to say that the tiny sprites you control, not always a big fan of, like, tiny you know sprites that small mm-hmm. um it seems kind of arbitrary when you take damage sometimes right because uh, the hitboxes are, are yeah it, it, yeah it's I, i'm sure the game is fine uh if not really good but um i have not played it yet but yeah it, it looks really impressive for sure yeah i'm looking forward to giving it a turn at some point he goes on to say anyways i have a couple of fun questions for you fellas as well first off if you were given the budget to green light Sorry, if you were given the budget and green light to make any video game you wanted, what would you make? Would you do a remake, reboot, sequel, or a new IP? Would you resurrect a dead franchise from the past, etc.? Well, I really like, when it comes to modern games, I really like what games like Nier Automata, or however that's properly pronounced, (laughs) uh, I, I love what games like that do. They just don't hold back. They try everything, and it works. It's like four or five different genres entirely. And it all seamlessly kind of blends together. So I would try. I would want to do something like that, um, and just do something that I, I really like. How that game flips between like, especially when you get into the hacker part of the story, you're going inside of these androids, and the game turns into like almost like a a really simplistic mini game. Uh, I really dig that kind of stuff. I thought that was really cool. Uh, kind of like how Undertale the the battles. Um, are like little Atari type mini mini games where yeah. you dodge stuff and I that I always dig that kind of uh, mechanic, but um, yeah I, I would just try and do as much as possible. It would be like a, a turn based they're not turn based but a, an action RPG slash beat 'em up and it's you know got a Yakuza style story or something you know and it's uh, but it's also I don't know you know just something like way out there. I I try and swing for the fences. What about you? Yeah, I uh, I have a couple of ideas. The most full-fledged idea in terms of like an entire game concept I've ever had was with a buddy of mine, uh, Briz, who's also uh, ah. a part of our Polykill group. He 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 sort of uh, had the idea, but we both talked about it. And I really liked it. It was and this was years ago, back when you, you remember when like ghost hunting shows were like the yes. rage. 
um we had this idea for like a game that was kind of like that just sort of a paranormal investigative game that i don't think would be that hard to pull off given that a lot of games already have sort of that mechanic built in but it was supposed to be like you know we weren't going to make the game we thought we might but then when we got to looking like man it's really hard to make a game isn't it let's not do that (laughs) um we were thinking about like it being sort of you know, it'd be like a mansion out in the woods and, you know, it would have all of the tropes and and all of that stuff. And you just, you know, creep around a house looking for clues and looking for ghosts. And it seemed like a fun idea. Um, if I could revive a or resurrect a dead franchise, there are two that um, I really miss and wish they were still around. One is Dark Cloud. That's one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were only two games that, that released under that franchise. Um and both were great, just action RPGs. Uh, I think they're spiritual successors to Soul Blazer. They're very similar, and uh, I'd like more of that. I've been pining for that for a long time, and Level 5 won't stop making Yokai Watch, um, so that sucks. <laughs> and the other one would be Dead Space. I really liked that franchise as mm. well. It gave me the hooky spookies, and <laughs> EA, of course, you know, they. I guess they're EA. That's they're all EA. Say. I'll just say yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, it, it ended on the third one and it, it made a lot of really weird decisions that I don't think the fan base really enjoyed all that much, but I'd, I'd like to see it come back in some way. Cause I, I just, I enjoy shooting, uh, legs and arms off of aliens creatures. I just think that's a fun thing to do. So that would be my choice. Make aliens go boom. I like it. Um, yeah, it's uh, I when it comes to like revitalizing. I, I know I've mentioned this before in the past. By the way, would your games be like uh, that ghost game you talked about, ghost hunting game? Would that be a, like a modern game? Would you do it, make it like a throwback, like eight bit, sixteen bit thing? I think at this point, I'd probably have to go make it VR or something. Really, you know? Oh wow, <laughs> get, you, get you in there, make you really. Oh man. Yeah. I don't think I would have the stomach to play something like that because I would just get too freaked out. <laughs> yeah, but at the very least, first-person modern, yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I, I just want to see another... Um, I've talked about Actraiser a million times. That game needs uh, some sort of proper follow-up that you know yeah. still has that balance between the two different game modes. I also want to see another SimCity that doesn't suck. Oh, yes, other other you know sim city 4 was the last good one and that was what 2003 or something like that yeah yeah i think it was 2003 I, yeah i remember living with uh my roommate at the time and we both had it and it was really fun um yeah, yeah. those those are the two that for remakes and like continuations that i w- would want to stick with sim city being another ea casualty unfortunately Ugh. Yeah, good job, EBA. Yeah, yeah, good job, EA. Nice yeah. going. And I don't mean Aaron Andrews. Yeah, we don't mean that. We mean yeah, we mean Electronic Arts. Uh, second, if you were going full on Jumanji, this is also this is Trevor, by the way, continuing, uh, and we're getting sucked into a video game. What universe would you choose, knowing that you might never get back out of the game? For me, it's that's easy. It's it's twelve thousand BC Chrono Trigger. It's just everybody sleeps all the time. There's everybody has magic. I mean, as long uh, as you're on the upper level and not on the on the Earth surface with all the sad looking guys, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> but, a good point. Um, yeah, no, I, I if I were in that uh, in that uh, twelve thousand BC land mad, land of magic with that music playing all the time <laughs> and uh, with uh, spots where you can heal just by walking over them, uh, and then there's lots of new news. 
I guess the NU. There's the, they seem like fun guys. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I I would hang out with them, and um, oh, you know, open strange doors. Uh, Dalton seems like a funny character. Even though he's, <laughs> he's kind of an a hole, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 for me, it's always been Chrono Trigger. What about you? Oh man, uh, I hadn't really given this much thought, but you know, part of me wants to say, hey, go somewhere where you don't really have to constantly look over your shoulder, and maybe that's uh, you know, Kirby's Dreamland or something. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of LSD and candy, I think. <laughs> uh, a lot of soft surfaces. You know, it seems like a good place to chill. Um, but looks like you could just take a nap anywhere. Oh yeah, Kirby Streamland Three. Yeah, and somebody's going to sprinkle some fairy dust on you or something. Something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Kirby, I mean, he he's the most powerful thing in the land, and he's just like a, a pillowcase that sucks in farts. You know, so he's not even that <laughs> lethal. So you could probably live forever there. But I. You know, if it comes to like amazement and wonder and 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 world, uh, I spent a lot of time in Skyrim. I I could see myself hanging out there. A lot, lot to look at, a lot to do, a lot of places to go. Um, it seems like it's pretty common just to kill everyone. So you know, not that that's cool or anything, but you know, it's yeah, yeah. I'd I'd have magic. I'd get to use it. So that'd be neat. And plus, you never know when somebody's gonna show up with like a weird mod. <laughs> and have a, a dragon that talks like Macho Man Randy Savage. God, that would be amazing too. Yeah, yeah. see, that's Wouldn't the world that I want to live in. Yeah, that's the world <laughs> I want to live in. Good question. Um, and then he he ends the email by saying, uh, "Thanks for all the entertainment so far. Hope you're both doing well. Glad to hear that Alex is taking some time off for self care. Stay classy, boys. Cheers, Trevor. So thank you, Trevor. Thanks, Trevor. A lot of good questions there. Yeah. Um, hopefully we answered them to satisfaction. So coming up, though, we have we have a guest that uh, the two of us have both been excited to talk to for a while, and he's not that easy to get on the schedule. No, he's not, um, and that's because he's our first overseas guest, and um, it's Game Boil. Uh, if you just go youtube.com slash Game Boil, and Boil is spelled B-O-Y-L-E, he does a, a, a really nice, clean, professional job with his videos um, and it's all about Game Boy, Game Boy Color. Um, I don't think he does Game Boy Advance, but he does tons and tons of Game Boy um, imports, popular games, uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, he's really an interesting guy to talk to. He's a really like just good guy to talk to. He's he's a really friendly guy, very affable. Uh, he's a good interview, and he was a you know he, we had some laughs. I I really dig his channel even more now because he was. Uh, um, he talks about like his themes he goes from month to month, like uh, Japanuary, which I know you want to steal. I'm gonna steal. Um, <laughs> and uh, what what were some of the other ones? He's like got, uh, uh, he's, Jew license for July. Jew uh, license for July. Yeah, and he's in this July. He's gonna work on uh, Godzilla. Yeah, and he he had like the Japanese uh, Go Go July or something like that. I forget. I'm terrible <laughs> with stuff like that. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, that's what he's got coming up, uh, in July and I hope he posts soon. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, we had a lot of fun talking to him. Yeah, for sure. I think after we, we stopped the recording, we continued to talk for another 30 to 45 minutes because he's, he's so interesting beyond gaming and, and even some things that, you know, we didn't even bring up. Um, he's an interesting guy. So everybody, please check him out. He's also on, on Twitter. We get into all of that in the interview, but you know, stick around for, uh, for Game Boy here. Alright, so we're welcoming our guest. 
guest today, of course, Game Boyle. Mr. Boyle, how are things going out there in Denmark? Good. Um, we're on the other side of COVID, uh, or at least uh, touch wood we are. Like, shops are open and stuff. We can go outside. It, bit of a great day, but yeah, generally okay over here. Wow, that must be a good feeling, because... I'm looking at the headlines here for where I live, and it's not that great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry to jump straight into COVID talk. But <laughs> no, yeah, you're fine. No, it, it's okay. It, like, I, I will warn you guys, once lockdown kind of passes, you will still have a, a creeping paranoia of, like, I need to sanitize my hands, but at least <laughs> it'll become controllable again at some point. But, yeah, it's a good feeling that's see hopefully numbers keep down here and it kind of goes away a little bit but i don't know i think that's yeah. me being optimistic maybe that's maybe that's the big thing after all of this uh the world will at least be a cleaner place maybe we all picked up a few habits that we needed to have um <laughs> but there's nothing i like better here on a july 4th celebrating uh you know the united states independence than hearing that another country is doing so much better at us uh, with uh, with the outbreak, but it is what it is. Speaking of the fourth, while Alex and I should be partaking in a beverage, we are recording this at noon. I have water. Alex probably has water. What are you sipping over there in Denmark? I'm actually drinking a cup of tea. I, this is an unintentional protest on my side, I guess, against July 4th, <laughs> but I guess I'm just being a British curmudgeon. Apologies. I should have a beer. <laughs> Uh, it's all good, man. Um, what are some common types of beer over there in Denmark? Like, wh if you're going to have a pint over there, what what do you have? All right, okay. So, like, Denmark and beer is a huge thing. Like, you have, like, good craft beers, like uh, Mikkeler and Tool, uh, which is, like, spelt tool, but Ol in Danish is beer. <laughs> I've heard of that. So I, it, I I saw I actually heard of that and saw it. I was like, Tool? What is this? And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's too old. And I was like, oh, it, it's Danish for two beers. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds good to me. Two beers? <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's actually they're actually somewhat related. I think the guy from Tool is the guy from Mikkel's brother. Um, but yeah. They there's lots of stuff, man. I mean, it's the home of Carlsberg, so like Carlsberg and Tuborg, which is like another Danish brand, will always be on tap at any place you go. But yeah, there's like lots of microbreweries and lots of like really cool like macro breweries as well that are slowly all being bought up by Carlsberg, if I'm being honest. But no, there's good beer in Denmark for sure. I didn't drink it before I came here, actually. I drank <laughs> cider being British, but oh, yeah, the sure. beer situation here is good. Yeah, I was gonna say the. I think the the tool or however it's. I'm 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 notoriously bad with pronunciations. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think it's pretty recent, like within the last ten years at least, when it first got started. If I, because when I when I first stumbled upon it, uh, it was like, oh yeah, this is like a brand new beer from. Denmark and and I was like really yeah we just got it over here <laughs> it's like yeah no I, that's they're all relatively young I think they all kind of started around the same time they're what they call themselves a gypsy brewery in that they haven't got like a fixed location <laughs> but all yeah. the beer is pretty good oh fantastic I love it that's great yeah nice I, I need to to dip in a little bit more on my uh European you know my beer map I need to expand a little bit um but that's really cool. So 
you're you said you're British and you're living in Denmark. What's what's the story there? Ah, right then. Um, well, I'm actually a graphic designer. Um, so I've been living here now almost eight years, and yeah, I I work for a small construction company here. Some might say, and I, yeah, I've just been doing graphic design out here now for eight years. Met my wife here. Decided to stay. I like the country. Despite the weather being a bit grey, it kind of reminds me of home. So, yeah, I've just been living out here doing that. That's interesting you say that because your channel has a real identity to it without being, like, overwhelming uh, to kind of segue into your YouTube stuff. Um, and uh, one other guest we've had recently is Super Derek, and he's another fellow that had, you know, he's really good with, like, the presentation from the whole thing, from like the the video quality to, uh, you, you know, you you do Game Boy stuff, and you can't, you you, you can't be one of those people that stretches the Game Boy screen across <laughs> the no. widescreen. God forbid, no, you can't do that. So you do a really clever thing where you 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 kind of format it to a certain extent. You've got a really sharp design with everything. So how much like preparation went into that from the get-go? Cause it seems like you were doing that like from day one, going all the way back to when you first started. Was it, was there a lot of preparation there or did that kind of come organically or how did that work? Well, to be honest, like I said, I'm a graphic designer. So any time I've started anything, I also have a podcast uh, called Tom and Matt Attack, which is literally just me and a guy rambling about games. There's not a lot of formatting to it. But like like that and Game Boy, I just started them very organically. It just came along, and the I wanted a logo, obviously, because branding is a thing graphic designers think a lot about. And I started doing the channel originally. The first thing I was going to do was essentially I'd been collecting Game Boy games for a long time, mm. and I started toying with the idea of going for a full set, and thought, well. If I'm going to go for a full set, I should actually play these things and actually make sure I am because I'd started to get into the bad habit of buying things and then going, oh, well, I'll play that later. And I was like, well, no. If I'm going to pick things up, I want to play them and I'm going to make sure I get a little bit of the history behind the games. So the original plan was essentially whatever I'd picked up that week, I would kind of do a small run-through of those games and just say... Even in more of a micro format than you already do, Alex, with the Sinesdrunk videos of just like a small, like mm. 60 second burst of like, hey, this is DuckTales. I picked it up. It seems really good. And I started doing that. I didn't post any of the videos. I just kind of like cut one roughly of like, hey, this is a week of Game Boy games. And it really kind of bothered me that there was no borders or anything to the screen. I think even my Kirby video might not actually have a border around it. And it just <laughs> felt a bit weird when I was watching it back. I was like, nah, I need to, I need to do something around the edges. I need to dress this up. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Then when I started doing like chromatographic and by curious and these other things, it was like, okay, well the game boy icon that I created this biographic character that has no real name. He's just a little chibi looking game boy. I was like, well, I should do little things with him. I can do little facial expressions and things. So yeah, it really organic. Yeah. Your, your Kirby video does not have any, uh, it's your first video for Boyographic going all the way back to June, 2014. And yeah, it doesn't have, it's got the What's what's impressive is that it's got the same title screen and it's got uh, the great sharp looking uh, thumbnail, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't have 
the cleaned up, um, you know, screen uh, for the game footage itself. I think the thumbnails actually might have come later. I think I might have done around episode like 14 or 15. I think I may have gone back and re-updated mm. the thumbnails. I think they were originally just almost the title card. I think they were just gray and they didn't have any of the box art or anything. And I was like, well, this seems like a massive miss just to have a very gray <laughs> monotone thumbnail. I should right. probably improve that. So at first you were doing those like little collection uh, pickup reviews and you said you didn't post them. Uh, why didn't you post them? And what was the inspiration, I guess, where you started with that Kirby video to say, I'm going to do a more of a, a, a more in-depth uh, take on, on my library? Well, I, to be honest, it just, it started like uh, Kirby is a game I love. It is the first game that I owned that was actually mine. Like I've got a brother nine years older than me who handed down an NES, but the Game Boy was my first console that I actually owned that wasn't a hand-me-down thing, and Kirby was the first game I had. And I knew it reasonably well. I could, knew I could get through it in a relatively short amount of time. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to talk about my love of this game, but I'm also going to talk about some facts about the game and some of the making of, because it just, I don't know, like, I felt it was pretty unsatisfactory to watch. of just like a hey, here's this game for five seconds of footage. I thought it was good, and then nothing else. That just seemed like a bit of a cop-out. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do see a lot of videos like that, though. That is sort of the standard pickup video format. I mean, there are hour-long videos of, of Metal Jesus and Reggie just showing box art and some footage and moving on, and, and people like it. But I agree. I think what you do with your videos is is great because you get you get the uh, sort of the historical bits. There's a lot of really fun editing. You're actually very funny. Like when I when I watched uh, I watched a, a quite a few today in preparation for for this interview. One of the ones that got me laughing pretty good was your uh, Alien uh, Three. For the uh, Game Boy, there's yeah. a lot of funny things in there. So you definitely used, uh, you know, when you when you expand out and you you can focus on one game. I think there's a little more opportunity for your personality to come out because you're not just constantly switching between games and footage. So uh, wise choice. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, much like you guys, I've never been one to be on the camera in the videos as well. Like, as much as I like the stuff of, like, Angry Video Game Nerd and Pat the NES Punk and this kind of stuff, that was... I, I never wanted to do, like, gag comedy as part of it. So I was like, okay, well, I should just riff on this stuff. And then, of course, that led to, like, the earlier videos where I was doing absolutely tons of visual puns. <laughs> and just like really quick sharp edits of just like montages of images and things yeah. and it got to the point where i actually had a slightly younger audience than most retro hmm. gaming channels i think because of that because of how quick fire it was but then the people who are hardcore into video game collecting are guys like us usually in our 30s and a lot of people were just like i just can't watch your videos because because it is like a visual overload at the start of them. And so I was like, oh, okay, how can I how can I address this? How can I make a happy medium between this super quick fire thing and it being something that is watchable without giving anyone a seizure from Kojima puns? <laughs> I, that is interesting though. I've I've noticed that in a lot of the uh you know, maybe not even non 
or maybe not even gaming related videos that I watch. Um, sometimes I, I'll watch some music related ones where there are just people who, you know, they, they talk about bands or playing guitar or whatever. And their editing is certainly attuned for a younger audience. It's very constant and fast and quick. And it it isn't my favorite thing. Uh, occasionally there will be a good gag or something, but it is kind of hard to follow. Um, but that is interesting. I wonder if that's something just generationally, like the people, like the... The folks in their 20s and younger uh, have just grown up with that kind of thing. Or if you hit a certain age where you're like, yo, slow it down. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not too sure. Like, I, I like to think I found a happy balance now. But to be honest with you, it took so much time to edit as well that it, oh, it kind of became just one of those choices where I was like, okay, I'm playing these games sometimes I, I i will i know you guys don't do this but i i tend to if i can play a game through from start to finish and mm-hmm. when you're doing things like shante which i did that was like 20 hours worth of footage and so playing that game and doing all those things and then having this like minute to two minute preamble at the start where it was just like I would layer on like puns with games. I would slip in movie references. And to be honest with you, like a lot of it probably just flew over people's heads because there were so many little things in such a quick fire succession that like no one would have got them all anyways, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Well, it's always good to find that balance. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. When it comes to recording footage though do you record like you said you did 20 hours for Shantae and I I can believe it because there's a lot to that game are you recording the whole time are you picking and choosing your spots or how does that work no I tend to record everything to be honest with you because yeah well the thing is right like game by games don't tend to be that long I know you guys are covering NES games and SNES games and I know Alex like you've covered massive RPGs that are like 56 year experiences yeah, and, I got to pick my spots. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest with you, I would do that with Game Boy games more, I think. If I started doing Game Boy Advance, where you start to like, creep sure. in like 20, 30-hour experiences, I think I would do the same. But I don't know. like With the Game Boy, because sometimes the games are so rudimentary, sometimes just odd stuff happens, and I, I want to <laughs> be able to catch it when it does. And so <laughs> that's, sometimes, that's a good point, yeah. Sometimes I've had nightmare scenarios where I'm running a relatively old Mac and I thought it would actually die under the the weight of the Shante files, which was not a great (laughs) feeling because I'd got to the end of it. Everything was on a portable hard drive, but I was like, oh, crap, all my editing suite is here. All of everything I need is on this Mac. I hope it survives this. But It's got to be tough to... Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's got to be tough to like edit that because you know you gotta do you take notes of like oh here's something that interesting that happened at like one hour and 20 minutes here's another thing that happened at like one hour and this are you are you writing that down or are you just like kind of going through like and editing as after the fact that's tough well i think i i think i'm probably the happy medium between you guys because travis correct me if i'm wrong i don't think you take notes and alex from what i've heard you are a fastidious note taker Yes. So, like, <laughs> I will, if anything really, really interesting happens, or if there's some kind of glitch or something I know I'm not going to be able to replicate, I will just quickly scribble on anything to hand. Like, and I've actually ended up just writing on stuff that I shouldn't have probably written on, like, 
in the past just grabbing something in the hand i'm like oh no i needed to sign this thing oh crap oh well cell phone <laughs> but, bills and stuff like yeah, that. yeah exactly <laughs> i've done that <laughs> it's what happens but like i i tend to not do that so much but again i think that is down to game Boy games being a pretty short experience and a lot of the things it's like okay this game probably has like five to seven levels i can kind of remember a lot of this stuff anyways when i get to the case where i'm actually doing the research for the start of the videos or if i'm telling a story like i wasn't the may forward stuff then you have to take notes because i think you lose those threads otherwise sure right on yeah i have gotten to a point where where i am i'm starting to take notes i'm starting to learn from the master uh, oh, I'm so proud of you, Travis. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm jotting a few it's... things down nowadays. And it, it, I tell you what, the notes really help when I remember to refer to them when I make the video. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I'm guilty of that, too, where it's like, oh, I completely skipped over a note that I wrote. And I <laughs> forgot to mention, you know, how many continues you get in this game or something like that. And yeah. I'm guilty of that for sure. Do you notice though, Travis, like as someone who hasn't done that naturally, like Alex, who's like a wonderkind who has notes from when he was like four years old or something, <laughs> like, do you notice it gets in the way of you playing the game though? That's kind of the thing I do where it kind of takes me out a little bit when I have to write stuff down or like yeah, I die. It, it does. Yeah. I will say though, the notes for me are, I it's usually just a list of complaints. Like I take the... <laughs> The note is taken when I did get the game over, and I'm like, son of a... And I write down, like, hit detection sucks or something. And yeah. the notes just become just hard-scribbled vitriol rage. I just tend to yell, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, the wife will sometimes come up, like, if I'm playing a very bad bootleg, I will just... I'm trying not to swear on this podcast, but I, I have a foul mouth. <laughs> So I will just yell abuse into the air, and she'll just be like, can you just stop? I'm like, I'm sorry. I should have landed that jump. Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, what did you call the game? I'm, I'm sorry. I clearly didn't get hit by that thing that just killed me. Damn spikes. Oh. Uh, you know, you guys... There. Yeah, definitely been there. I, that it, It's interesting to me to... Because... Note taking is something I have seriously done since I was a kid because I and I have the notes to prove it because I kept my gaming notebooks when I was a kid and people make fun yeah. of me for that. But I have a notebook full of like passwords and full of like make the jump, you know, Mario 3 jump at this point here or duck here and all that sort of stuff. It's just something I've, that comes naturally to me ever for as long as I can remember. So I'm almost jealous of you guys that can just like, oh, yeah, you just play the game and you just do stuff. And it's like I'm almost like analytical to a fault. So I'm jealous that you guys <laughs> are just like, eh, screw it. It's just a video game. Let's just let's just crank through this right now. I, so, to be fair, I though, think it's the like, other way around, man. I'm jealous of you. I wish I had that that discipline. I, I don't take notes for the only reason is I'm just too lazy. If I... <laughs> You know, I, in in other facets of my life, notes would come in very handy. But I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll probably remember it. I'll and I probably don't. remember. It. Yeah, I hear. Yeah. You. No, I I hear that too, Travis. I I think there's a, an element of that with me for sure. I but it's also just like if I don't take notes on stuff, like my my process used to be when this channel was a well-oiled machine and I was putting out one video a week would be. 
weekend would generally be recording, so I'd set some time aside on a Saturday, Sunday, maybe a Monday if it was a longer game to record. Tuesday would then be scripting, and then Wednesday, Thursday would be editing, and then finishing touches if I needed them on Friday. Now I tend to put out one video a month. It could be like I'm about to start some stuff for Julicense, which is a thing I do every year where I review uh, licensed games in July. I played the game that I'm going to cover like I'm two three months ago if not more and so like i have forgotten a lot about that game and i'm sure as i go through that footage again i will see nuanced stuff that i'm oh yeah shit i didn't write this in the review damn it i tr- I tried to get through this without swearing guys i'm sorry there's one i slipped through <laughs> you're fine but um you're totally fine it's okay yeah <laughs> i yeah but it, i will just forget stuff and then i'll be like 90 percent edited with the video and i'll be like Oh, no, I forgot to mention there was a password system. Oh, crap. Oh, then... that happens all the time with me, yeah. Yeah, and then you just... I end up just quickly plugging in a microphone, and sometimes it even <laughs> sounds slightly different because I'm using a computer microphone as opposed to the, the one I record on usually. I'm just like, and there's a password system! So if, if you notice that in the videos, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I, I'm the same way. I hate that if I... I, there are plenty of times when I rec- I'll I'll write the script, I'll scrutinize it, I'll record it, and that's that's another way of scrutinizing it is like that doesn't sound right or the, switch out this word. Undoubtedly, almost every video I've ever put out, there's one part where I'm like, why did I say that? And so I yeah. either have to cleverly remove it smoothly so that you can't hear that little hiccup, like that there's an entire word removed or something like that, or I have to <laughs> record it over, and it's a different time of the day. Maybe I've recently been like i've been drinking or something or didn't drink my voice is a little bit different and no matter how much i try to control the atmosphere and everything and maybe even talk along with my old recording before i record the new part it still always sounds like a different dude jumped in for a minute to be like it has continues (laughs) yeah for sure No, do you do you do the thing as well where occasionally I will just flub a line and I will trip over a word or something and I won't notice it when I'm recording or when I'm editing the audio sometimes because I tend to be on autopilot and I'll be like, right, okay, the audio is here. I, I've said this how I wanted to say it in recording, so it's fine. I just need to get to the seventh time I say, and if you press start and select, you can continue the game. Like, and I'll go, no, that doesn't sound right. Record that seven times. I'll be like, right, this is the right take for that. And because I know exactly. it's the last take, I won't notice yeah. me saying, you press start and select. And I'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> That's the, I am the king of mispronunciations. And uh, people are very often eager to point that out to me in the comments of my videos, uh, especially when it comes to Japanese pronunciations. Uh, I flub all of those all the time, especially when it comes to like the Goemon games for Super Famicom are infamously yeah. have long ass titles that are like Ganbare Goemon Doki Doki Nao Daiboken something 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 something, and it takes and it takes me like twenty takes to get it right, and I'm just like, all right, that's fine. You know, it it reminds me of the Simpsons episode where. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burns, you know, he's filming his movie for the for the film festival, and yeah. <laughs> we took twenty takes, and that was the best one where the, the horse drags him around. <laughs> it's like that's how yeah, I feel yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I, to be fair, man, like I I've been trying, I've been studying Japanese for like oh, a year okay, really? and a half. Yeah, yeah. No, I right was, on. 
it, it is hard. And as someone who can kind of at least pronounce some Japanese stuff, like if I see it written out, I still take 20 takes to do <laughs> stuff, man. It, it, it can be hard, especially when you switch from English and like you're like, hey, and they released this game only in Japan called... And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like an obvious edit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just how it goes. Like, don't beat yourself up too, up too much about it. Yeah. Well, if um, if you had to recommend a game uh, that only came out in Japan for, for Game Boy uh, to anybody, if you, if you had to pick maybe one or two or three, uh, what would you point people toward? Because that's probably my favorite thing about your channel is all the Japanese stuff that you, the, I think it's the Boy Curious, or even the um, e- even on uh, Boyographic, uh, your series about uh, like the the I think your latest one was uh, Heisei Tensai. Yeah. Uh, Babakon. Am I saying that right? See, I'm demonstrating <laughs> my inability to to speak Japanese right now. You're, you're welcome, folks. It's- it, I, will, I will save you. It's Heisei Tensai Bakabon. Okay. Uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, it, yeah <laughs> that game no, looked I, really interesting, though. It's cool. It's got some great stuff with animation, but like, I have not sworn so much at a video game in a very long time. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It, it does some weird stuff where, because it's got this like focus on animation, and like I say in the video, like there's so much around like skidding mechanics and stuff that are really cool wow. in a cartoon where like people bang into walls and then go pancake flat looney tunes style it does all that <laughs> stuff but it, it just ends and up... that sort of thing yeah yeah but it just ends up killing you which you not you don't <laughs> want like you get you get beat over the head for like doing the fun stuff that would be in a cartoon like a wah 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 it, it ends up killing you <laughs> in that game and it just it sucks so much but no, I so for Japanese Game Boy games, unfortunately, what is tended to happen is that a lot of the games that are more accessible for the Game Boy for Japan have obviously started to go up in price. Um, I think Banishing Racer uh, by Jalico is a really interesting mm. platformer um, yeah. where you are a car who platforms. And I thought, oh, wow, that's neat because I, I suck at racing games. I don't think I've covered any racing games bar Road Rash on the channel. And I I thought it was a really cool idea for a platformer. You don't see a lot of jumping cars, so hmm. that's a good game. Um, Parasol Hemby um, is a game based on a, a 90s anime license that didn't really surface outside of Japan about a, a magical creature with a parasol. There's also a Famicom game, but that that's not as good for me. Like I, I picked it up. I was super excited to play it, but it was really hard work. It does like um, it's got like a the ability to switch between two planes while you're platforming is pretty cool, and you can do a lot of stuff with the parasol, like floating around and things. It's a nice platformer, and then I would say if you wanted something to, with a bit of Japanese to get around, but still, I think there's a fan translation. Cave Noir is an absolutely exceptional uh roguelike dungeon crawler by konami that is just on the game boy and it, it looks roguelike. really cool yes a roguelike on the game boy my friend it, wow. it's rad it's really cool it's um so how they kind of limit the roguelike nature of the game is there are four individual dungeons and they're kind of like mission based so you 
so you don't have to start the entire game again. You just start the small dungeon and you go into it kind of knowing the rules of that dungeon and what enemies do and everything else. It's really cool. It's a really nice game. I'm going to cover it eventually on Biographic, but nice. just getting around to it. Yeah, those are good yeah. recommendations. There's lots of cool stuff. I, I, I saw, Alex, you were talking about you have Sagaya. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, yeah. As well. That's, um... I love Game Boy shoot 'em ups, and that's a good transition because I wanted to ask you about one of my favorite videos of yours is Sol- your video on Solar Striker because you really get into the guts of the game and what makes it good because it's such a simple vertical uh, shoot 'em up, and you really get in there and you're like, here's what makes it good, here's what separates it from every other game, and that sort of thing. It's a it's a really good like analysis without being overbearing or anything like that. And I really love uh, Game Boy shoot 'em ups. There's something about them that are just. It feels like that's how games. I don't know. It feels like a real like I don't know. Sometimes when I'm playing a platformer, it's it, it doesn't feel right on a Game Boy because there's only so much screen real estate. You know, there there's yeah stuff in the way. There's enemies you can't see, and that sort of thing. Shoot 'em ups just feel like they belong on Game Boy. And you really nailed it with uh, Solar Striker, I think, where where it becomes, you know, you, it feels like you really, is that one of your favorites, you would say, Solar Striker? And um, are there any other shoot-em-ups you can recommend? I'm just kind of selfishly asking at this point because I love Game Boy shoot-em-ups. <laughs> ah, that's fair. No, I, I think, so I would, my counter-argument to that would be, I also, I, as much as I love shoot-em-ups and I am terrible at them, I love bullet hell games, but. I, I get to a certain point in them, I'm just like, okay, this is just too needlessly hard now. This is too twitchy. I would say the same thing that you feel about platformers sometimes about shoot 'em ups on the Game Boy is that huh. because you usually have more screen real estate for like enemies coming in off screen, that you kind of have to have like twitch reactions sometimes on Game Boy shooters when they're trying to replicate an arcade experience because yeah. your ship sprite takes up so much space that in an arcade environment or on any other console, like you'd have a bit more room to maneuver around bullets and being a lot of arcade shooters, like one hit and you're done, which doesn't, as much as I love our type on the Game Boy, like it is very, very hard because of that very reason. Like you just get one hit and then you're done and then you have no power-ups, which kind of screws you for the rest of the run. Ah, the old Gradius method where it's like, yep, you, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got to start in this like arbitrary checkpoint with enemies flying around you a million miles an hour and uh yep you're you're just you're you might as well start the game over at that point it's just ridiculous. yeah which is great for a developer when you're chucking like quarters into an arcade machine but it doesn't really work on a <laughs> exactly. console yeah no it's there's a there's a lot of good shoot 'em ups i think on the game boy i mean hmm there's oh gosh i'm not gonna say the full name because i can't remember off the top of my head and i will butcher it uh, but have you seen zaz at all no um, i'm not familiar with that it's a very rare uh japanese shooter it is it's probably the most expensive of the japanese game boy games but it oh what it yeah but i if you have an everdrive you you will be fine sure it actually does some really neat stuff with transparencies so a a few Game Boy games take advantage of the refresh rate of the Game Boy and like use the limitations to their benefit. Um there's one game called Angel Marlowe, which I've wanted to cover on the channel for ages that I can't because it 
it just becomes unplayable at a certain point because they're using transparencies in an interesting way that A, the footage looks like garbage when I record it through a Game Boy Advance player, but B, it just you can't even play the game because it just doesn't render certain sprites that you're looking for in the levels. So you have to have a cartridge. You have Well, you have to have a cartridge. I think you could probably get away with it on emulation, but you have to play it in an OG Game Boy, which is... Oh, some yeah, of, the, of course. Yeah, and then exactly. How are you going to record footage at that point? Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping, actually, when Analog release the Analog Pocket, that it'll be compatible with some of these games because Bubble Bobble does it, um, but it's less noticeable there as well, this kind of... Yeah, it's a trick with how the screen refreshes and how they refresh sprite rates, from my understanding, but it, it lets you do some interesting things with like cloud transparency and Zaz, and it just looks incredible and you look at it and you're like I can't believe this thing's running on a Game Boy but it's because they're using the console limitations to their advantage it's really cool it's really hard um, what else is there Battle Vice is okay Aerostar does some really cool stuff where you're flying you again you switch planes so sometimes you're flying in the sky and kind of in the same way that Twimby does is that there's stuff on the ground, but to shoot the stuff on the ground, you need to you need to lower your ship down, and so the sprite shrinks. Oh, nice! Stuff I love there. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's some cool shmups on the Game Boy for sure, and I mean, obviously, the ports of like Gradius and R Type and Sagaya or Darius are also really really good. That's one of my favorite things about the Game Boy, to be honest with you, and even Game Boy Color, and uh, to a certain extent, Game Boy Advance. Is that and one of my cliches that I always go to when I when I talk about Game Boy games that are really pushing the limits of the system, is that you can practically practically feel the Game Boy sweating as you're playing it because it's pushing so hard all these like all these things all these sprites all this stuff coming out, and there are certain games, like there are certain ports I should say that are just like this is on Game Boy like really like Populous. Like, are you freaking yeah. kidding me? Like, there is a Populous port for Game Boy? Like, how is that even possible? And you look at it, and you just can't help but laugh. But at the same time, you can't help but, I, I, at least I can't help but admire the effort that had to have gone into something like that. Because it's like, holy shit, they made a freaking Populous port for Game Boy. <laughs> and they made it work somehow. You know, it might not work well, but it it's kind of sort of playable. Well, I think that's just speaks to like how long the game boy was around to be honest with you because i mean you've even got some like ps1 game ports for the game boy Holy and like there's like iron man exo heavy machines <laughs> it's a terrible game like it it, <laughs> it it is clearly like a cash grab of like oh well we need a portable option for this <laughs> and like sometimes like i th- i feel the same that you look at some games, you're like, oh my god, this is this is incredible. How do they do this on the Game Boy? And then other times, there's clearly like LGS, uh, NES games that are like, I guess we need to do a Game Boy version of this. Huh? Well, let's half-ass this as much as we did the NES game. And then you just play it like Toxic Crusaders. Like, oh god, this is an awful game. Right. Nice. So speaking of, how, how do you record? Are you... You mentioned something about your Game Boy player. Like, are you do you play you know with a handheld option or is it all emulation and and how does that all kind of work? No, so I I play everything on cartridge. Uh, I thought much like you guys. I think that was important from day one for me. I as I said, the channel kind of 
came about because I was going for a full set for Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And so I it was an excuse to buy cartridges to some extent before I completed <laughs> the collection. And so I was like, right, okay, I need to have cartridges. Sometimes it is become a hindrance because there's like a difference between an American version of a game and a European version of a game. And I'm like, oh no, but now I need to track down this the American region version of like Alice in Wonderland for the Game Boy. So as of recently, I've drawn the line under that and said, okay, I will play the game through fully on the original cartridge, but I have now invested in an EverDrive just because it took me forever to find a Japanese version of uh, Gojira-kun to do the the next biographic I'm going to do. And I was like, okay, even though I've managed to track it down, when I planned on putting this video out originally, like three or four months ago, I was like, I can't find a cartridge for this game for love nor money under like $80 on eBay. So I finally bowed to getting an EverDrive, but 99.9% of my footage is actually on original cartridges, which, as I said, I play through the GameCube Game Boy Player. Um, I do run Swiss, so I can have the ultra-low-latency Game Boy Player that is developed, so I can get it as close to Game Boy footage as I can. And if you notice around episode 100 or so, there is a significant uptick in quality in my videos <laughs> yes. uh, because I eventually invested in a frame meister. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to set this thing up and do it right. And even when I started using it, I couldn't really get it to sing in the way I eventually did. And now everything looks super sharp and I'm super happy with it. Very cool. Right on. So sort of segueing away from that, have you had any uh, notable technical snafu stories uh, over the course of the last, you know, six or seven years recording your videos, putting them together, editing them, all of that? I have had a couple, like uh, the Boy Curious episode I did on King of Ring, which is a, a terrible, terrible uh, oh God, that game's Lord awful. of the Rings game. <laughs> um Essentially, again, it is a absolutely massive game. It is terrible. It is really unforgiving to play. And through recording that, like my Mac was overheating like crazy. And that was the start of my Mac's demise. And that was about three years ago. So touch wood, it'll last at least another year or so to get us out of COVID so I can buy a new one. Um, <laughs> the What happened with it was like, essentially I was recording so much footage and I've I've learned from this since, but I was like, I'd play it for like an hour at a time and I'd be recording an hour's worth of footage, which was putting a heavy strain on my Mac, even though I had a lot of RAM, even though the video setup was there to do it. Essentially the Mac had a meltdown of recording this footage and just kind of died on me and wouldn't even boot. I was like, oh no, I've lost all of this footage for this game. And I haven't really got any backups for any of the files. So first thing I did, go out and buy a hard drive, managed to actually boot back up the Mac and get footage and stuff off and get it sent away for repairs. So it was fine. But yeah, mm. it, it was a lesson in, yeah, I should have been backing a lot of this stuff up up until now. Huh? And then, yeah, now I, now I have double backups. Anytime I pick up a portable hard drive, I'll get a second one and then back everything <laughs> up twice to make sure I have it. But yeah. Yep. I I know that drill for sure. Yeah. So yeah. if uh, if you weren't able to retrieve that footage, would you have, you know, soldiered on and, and replayed uh, large portions of that awful game? 
I don't know if I would have. And to be honest with you, though, like the the bigger issues would have been because I hadn't even backed up like any of my After Effects files or anything. I would have literally had to have redone everything from like the borders to the music to everything else. And I was like, okay, yeah, I need to actually back this stuff up now. You, some games just aren't worth it. They just aren't. I'm I'm looking at you, Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. <laughs> like that's just that that game is going to be the death of me someday. And any day that comes where it's like I need Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball footage, this <laughs> day is off to a terrible start. But yeah, no, I, I feel your pain when it comes to bad games. That's for damn sure. Ugh. Yeah, but I mean, at least you have the luxury, right? Like you guys will just like go, okay, cool. I've I've played enough of this game. I will quit. I the reason I've never covered any of the Castlevania games on my channel is because I like to do things in chronological release order where I do. And the Castlevania Adventure is one of the worst games I've ever played. It is super, <laughs> super tough. And I don't use action replays because I'm playing on cartridges. Yeah. I can't do save states. And so I've had to try and struggle through that game like two or three times and just gone like, nope, not doing this. And Yeah, I, I actually own Castlevania Adventure on cartridge and I own uh, Belmont's Revenge, Castlevania 2 for Game Boy. And I will say Belmont's Revenge is significantly better than castlevania adventure yeah um absolutely to plug someone out uh, another channel real quick uh hungry garaya is is playing castlevania 2 belmont's revenge on her twitch stream lately and it's funny uh i i was getting flashbacks watching her play that because uh the game is kind of derisively referred to as ropevania mm-hmm. be- because <laughs> yeah. there's so many ropes that you have to climb and slide down and it's it, that's like the game's like main gimmick basically is there's so many ropes but i would like to see you at least you know cover the second game cuz i think it's really good but i don't blame you for not touching the first game cuz it's just it's you hit a brick wall at a certain point and it's just like this ain't worth the time it's asking from me it feels like you're playing it inside a jar of peanut butter. Like, it's so <laughs> slow. Yeah. No, and it sucks as well. Just because, like, because of the Frame Meister now. Like, I've done this so many times where I get up to, like, I think it's the fourth level of the game. There's, I think there's five from what I remember. I get up to the fourth level and there's an auto-scrolling section. And it is just, like, as you say, you are incredibly slow. And the screen moves incredibly fast. So generally speaking, you just die nine times out of ten before you can even make jumps. Mm -hmm. And it sucks so bad. But, like, I can't even use that footage anymore because uh, it's it's old crappy footage before the Frame Meister. So I'm just like, oh, Mm. no, I need to actually replay this entire thing again. (laughs) So eventually I'll get around to it. But, yeah, I want to do the second one. But also Castlevania Legends, the the third game on the Game Boy is also crap. So I don't know. Do you play any modern stuff? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I I play tons of modern stuff. Um, As I said to you guys before we started recording, I I played uh, a ridiculous amount of Animal Crossing, which has also downgraded my video productivity lately. But (laughs) no, I I, I tend to just like dip my toe in the water with a lot of modern games. I feel I've played so much now that it has to be a really new, really exciting experience for me to stick with something all the way through. And fortunately here in Denmark there are libraries that have games and get modern games in very regularly so like I don't even have to splash out that much for like 50-60 dollars for a game that often anymore to buy a new game but I I 
generally play the Yakuza games. The Yakuza series is absolutely fantastic. And oh yes, I love any, those. Anytime there is a Yakuza game, I will play that through and try and get as close to 100% completion as I can before I go, oh, I've spent 70 hours on this, I should probably stop. <laughs> those games are unapologetically ridiculous, and I love them for it. Oh, they're so good. And like, I, I really like the first game, and I... I got into the series relatively late, I guess, the same time as everyone else around Yakuza 0. And I had it for ages because when I moved to Denmark, they were doing deals in the GameStops here where they were selling 10 PS2 games for around, I don't know, I think it was around 15 bucks. So like they were just trying to clear out all their PS2 games. And because no one was collecting PS2 here at the time, I, hmm. I just kind of just went through and just like cherry picked and built myself up a really nice PS2 collection. So I'd had it lying around for ages. Someone had described it to me as Japanese Grand Theft Auto, which I can see the comparison, but like no one had told me that it was just like a Japanese soap opera with manly men. And I was like, okay, actually this is, <laughs> this is pretty damn good. And once I played that first game, I was hooked. Second game is probably on my top five games of all time. Really? Uh, actually, actually, no, I tell a lie. The fourth Yakuza game is definitely on that list, but two is, two is damn good. Two has a good story, even though there's a bit too much padding in it. Yeah, I yeah. love that series. I, I played them at the same time I was playing through River City Girls on my Switch. And I was like, these are basically the same game. Like, Yakuza uh, 0 is essentially a just a modern beat-em-up. That's 100% yeah. what it is with a story, and it's, uh, it's so good and addictive. Yeah, no, it's been interesting. Recently, I've been playing through Shenmue again because I... I like a lot of people backed Shenmue 3 on Kickstarter and it is sat unopened under my PS4 for a long time. And so I was like, okay, I need to go back and play through Shenmue 1 and 2. And obviously there's a lineage there. Some people worked on Yakuza working on that original Shenmue. Unlike it, yeah, it's unapologetically leaning more in the direction of like casual beat em up because obviously the combat in Shenmue is more focused on like virtual fighter. And you mm. need to actually do button combinations and stuff, and it feels a bit clunky. But it's gotten to the point now where I automatically pick up like anything third person. I just want to mash the square button to punch people, and I'm like, oh no, this isn't Yakuza. This is a lesser game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Do you want to take it to some uh, listener questions, Alex? Sure. Yeah, and we our first question here we have is from Burger Champ, longtime listener. And uh, he is the current champion of burgers. Current. Current. I was going to say, current. has there been any update on that, Travis? Have you guys settled <laughs> in on a date or are you still waiting for COVID? Still waiting for COVID, but he, he will occasionally comment on my videos and he's stoking the fire. He's, he's very, very aware of his current status as champ and he's rubbing it in my face. And I, I had a couple burgers this morning to practice, so I'm ready Whoa! to go as soon as it slips. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Look out. Yeah. I was going to say, how far along have the proceedings gone? Have you guys done like weigh-ins yet? Are there posters <laughs> for this event? Or is it just the smack talk stage? It's just smack talk and training, man. That's all it okay, is so far. Okay, fair enough. Building <laughs> yeah. up hype to the pay-per-view event. I see, I see. Exactly. Yeah, we, 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 we need Vince McMahon in our corner to, to start hyping the, the event. Uh, yeah, we need, we need weigh-ins. We need the whole procedures. We need promos. We need oh, mean G, you know, yeah. like... Uh, 
uh, Tony Schiavone to come down and, and start hyping us. We need to uh, see if we can get Mongo in on the on the proceedings. I'm sure he's available. But uh... I'm sure, yeah. Not a lot going on for him these days. <laughs> so his question, the, the current champion of burgers, he says, this is less gaming related and more about the process, which I appreciate. How much influence does listener slash viewer feedback have on your process in making videos and podcasts can you think of any specific instances where a constructive comment or review has changed the practice or perception of your work any examples that you made uh that made you steadfastly refuse (laughs) that made you steadfastly refuse to sway has the value of feedback become more or less impactful as you progress and gain subscribers i think that's a really Really, I mean, it's a set of questions, but I think it's really good. Um, it's a really good observation because it's it's definitely something that I've put a lot of thought into for sure. Yeah, it's uh, for me personally, it's 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 you. What's nice about doing this for as many years, you know, and uh, Matt, I'm sure you can kind of uh, speak to this since you've been you've been on YouTube for a long time. You start yeah. to get. Uh, you get familiar with certain people that are on that comment and you start to kind of trust those people that are, that make good feedback as opposed to the people that just come by, you know, and do almost like a drive by. They're just like, Oh, this sucks. Bye. You know, and you never (laughs) see them again. It's like, well, that's not useful at all. Uh, I don't know who this person is, but when you start to see the same person, uh, you know, they've said positive things, they've said critical things, uh, it it really does depend on the person and how much they're paying attention because you do get a lot uh, speaking from my perspective you do get a lot of people that are just drive-bys that are just hey this sucks well why are you popular like shut up you know <laughs> it's like i don't know why i'm i just i'm just here man i just i just work here man i just show up i'm just or you know like i i, I just share my hobby online that's all i'm doing you know, and I, I I used to feel compelled to to answer to all those, and after a while, it's just like this is just taking more. You know, it's taking time for me that I don't have anymore. So I'd rather spend this time playing more video games instead of arguing with randos. But um, it really does for me. It depends on the person, it, and you know, you do build relationships. You do you do uh, build a sense of community with certain people when you start to familiarize yourself with some of the more common names that show up in your comments, whether it's on Twitter or on YouTube or wherever. And it's like, Oh, it's that person. And Oh, they made a good point here. And I really appreciate people that are not afraid to, to kind of, you know, lean into it and be like, this was dumb. Like this didn't work. (laughs) And that works. You know, if you, if you want to say that cool, as long as you can back it up with like, Here's why it didn't work because that's how my mind works. I want to know why, you know. I don't want to just like ah, this is lame. It's like okay, fine, and you know, and what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want to know why. And if people take the time to explain why, then I can respect that for sure. Yeah, definitely. I I do have an example of someone giving me a uh, very useful feedback. <laughs> um, we had Top Spot on a few weeks ago, and. He he does a lot with you know his, his video editing is great. He he does stuff a little different from most of the people that we talk to. A lot of it is, you know, hands on crafts, videoing um, or recording like him actually doing something. But uh, he reached out and was like, "Hey man, I think you know this might improve 
your videos because I was, you know, I have my NES recording in 4.3 and I put the videos in 16.9 and I really didn't realize that people watched anything on their phones because I'm old and I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't understand why this is a big deal, but he, he kind of showed like, well, it seems like most people or a lot of people at least will will watch YouTube videos, especially if they're short like yours, on their phone. Sometimes they won't go to landscape mode, but even if they do, I feel like you could get more real estate, more use out of the screen if you did this, this, and this. And he sent me a nice little blog thing that he had made that showed me what I needed to do. And as as a noob in a lot of ways, especially with the video editing and YouTube, it was extremely uh, constructive and helpful. And a lot yeah. of my videos uh, recently have switched to that. I think it's a better look. So... There's always, and like you said, it's. Be I trust him, obviously, but also he put in the work. He he said, "Here's a link to yeah. something I wrote for you," it, and it was very helpful. So I'm always open to that kind of stuff. No, that's cool. I I think for me too, like as you guys have said, it depends on who it is. I actually sometimes I feel like I do the hello everybody thing at the start <laughs> of the videos, that. and. Sometimes I just get comments that are just like, clicks, interesting looking video. Hello, uh, X's video. And I'm just like, okay, well, that's actually a litmus test for my channel, I guess. Not that I tend to yell that much in the videos, but it's like, okay. If you're gonna, if you're just going to watch this like three seconds of footage, make a comment yeah. and leave, then yeah, good riddance. But, exactly. Uh, good riddance indeed, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I I did change up the editing style based on feedback of some people I trusted that had been watching my videos from day one around like not having the Caesar inducing images at the start. But also, it it's just nice every now and again to have feedback from something of something I overlooked with the game or someone tell me something of like, hey, actually this was wrong. I'm like, oh crap, I'll I'll need to pay better attention to this next time I do a video to make sure that. I understand how, uh, for example, there was one in the Wendy Every Which Way video, one of the last uh, chromatographics I did, where there's a, a feature in that game where essentially you can unlock new levels with the Game Boy Advance, the same as the Tinkerbat and Shantae. But what that actually does is it's just a piece of hardware recognition in the game code. It's not actually something that requires the Game Boy Advance to play it. And I'd I had assumed... It was something that, okay, the reason that there's these crazy visual effects going on in this level is because it's taking advantage of the hardware, but someone yeah. was just like, no, you can't do that. That's just like a, it's an authentication thing. It says yes or no. Unfortunately, because YouTube's now got the edit tools, I could cut out those three seconds of the video without it really leaving that much of an impact. So it was nice from that regard. But uh, I don't know. I don't think... I don't think there's been too many cases of me really changing what I wanted to do with the videos and obviously the quality issue aside of some people going like, yeah, man, you should be up in the quality on these. Sure. I just, it's a hobby for me. I just kind of yeah. do what I do. But if the feedback is valid, then definitely I'll take it every time. I hear you on that for sure. Right on. So uh, sort of the last part of this question I think is interesting. Has the value of feedback become more or less impactful as you progress and gain subscribers. So, you know, thinking of your guys' videos, um, you know, you've been at it for so long. At this point, is there anything anybody could really say to make you change your your format or the way you do stuff? Or is it, you know, like, hey, I'm set in my ways at this point. I don't really vary what I do 
very much video to video. It's probably not going to change a whole lot, no matter what you say. It's I can answer that, uh, and I don't I don't mean this to sound too deep, <laughs> but uh, the second I get too set in my ways, just unplug the machine. Like I don't want to be one of those people that gets set in their ways on anything. I always want to change. I always want to improve. I always want to get better at things. Um, and my parents are big influences when it comes to that because I look to them. I look to my older brother as people that have always looked to improve, get better. Um, and Pearl too, she's always looking to better herself and, you know, do, do things more, you know, uh, to help other people or what can I do better or that sort of stuff. And it's a, they're, they're all huge inspirations to me. So yeah, I always, it, 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 to answer the question, it's both because the more comments you get, the more it becomes a blur. Um, but at the same time, those, like I said earlier, those names, tend to stand out and you you start to trust those names and like you touched on travis it's like other people other creators their feedback is major like gigantic yeah. like mm -hmm. it it's it's like oh okay like it, and i i always want to do things better i always want to but at the same time it's like okay if you don't like the intro if you don't like the way i say <laughs> numbers on the list like i don't care like that's you that's a you problem that's not my problem because that's just one of those things that I just do, like, deal with it. I don't care. But, uh, no, as far as, you know, writing or being analytical or observations or, like, I remember actually, you know, you, you got my the gears turning in my head a little bit. I remember somebody saying uh, a long time ago, it was a few years ago, saying, like, I wish you would say if the game had a save feature or not because I want I wanted to know if, uh, I should buy it on cartridge or not, or if I should play it on emulation. That's kind of like my own personal deal breaker. And I remember thinking like, that's a really good point. Like, yeah, it's, uh, that would be a deal breaker for me. Like if it's got a save battery, uh, should I, I, I can buy it and play it on my super Nintendo and it will, it'll work. It'll function, you know, assuming the battery's not shitty, yeah. but <laughs> but yeah no that was a, a and he's like i don't want to have to play the game on cartridge and put in this long ass password or anything like that so i wish i remembered the name of the person that se that sent me that but that's one thing i was like huh that makes sense to me and that's i can totally see that being a thing on whether or not you would get a cartridge or not but i don't know about you guys but yeah that's that's been a thing for me yeah that's a good example for sure I think so too. I, to be honest with you, like my my channel has been around a long time. I've never really pushed it that much. Like I I've just done the videos I've wanted to do, and I've just let the channel grow organically. I I have received feedback from people like of saying like, "Hey, you should be on camera more," or "Hey, I'd love to see your collection," or "Hey, I think you should do top five videos." And I'm like, well, yeah, they would probably be more popular than me covering an obscure game boy game from japan about an anime no one's <laughs> heard of but at the same time like there's a million people doing that there's a million people who are good at yes. doing that i'd rather just stick to what i'm doing right yeah and from my perspective i think feedback is is more important now than in i mean or, or more more so every every day because i you know i keep getting more subscribers so i in my mind i have more people to impress or to that will see it so therefore i want it to be getting better and better so yeah i definitely haven't um i i don't think like 
all right, these are, you know, I'm, I'm so many videos in, I'm a year in, this is the way I do things, so this is perfect, people seem to like it. Uh, definitely not. I think any feedback you can you can give to make it better is certainly good. Again, as long as it's all the things that we touched on, it's constructive, it's, you know, friendly, don't just be like, this sucks. Yeah. That's, that yeah. says the, nothing. The, 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 <laughs> the common example you gave... Matt was just, yeah, I, I get that all the time, all the freaking time where it's like, oh, here's intro clicks X. And I'm like, good. <laughs> Goodbye. Exactly. I don't freaking care. Yeah. It's just why even bother commenting at that point? But I guess at that point, you're just diving into the psyche of human nature and all that fun stuff. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. And like there was there was a long, long time, actually. Like, I think I went like three years without having a dislike on any of my videos wow. like just holy cow that's got to be like in the guinness book of world records <laughs> at this point jeez well i like i said it's because i i don't really actively promote this channel too much like it, it kind of it kind of exists because i, I don't know like I, as much as i like talking to people within the community and stuff like i i have a life outside of this and so i i don't I try not to spend too much time on Twitter. Admittedly, I I do, especially in COVID times. Like I I'd, I'd managed to wean myself off it completely, and now they pulled me back in because alas, I'm stuck in a house. But like, I didn't try and actively promote the channel that much, and I think a lot of my audience actually just grew organically because of that. Just people searching for random Game Boy games, and so I think a lot of the people who were watching my video for those first three years when I was still under a hundred uh, under a thousand subs so travis you've eclipsed me completely in like how fast your channel's grown well it helps to be on a podcast with snes drunk i mean hey let's see that guy <laughs> you can, you can you use... start on that guy gotta ride the wave man yeah that's how it goes but uh, yeah because of that i think just people were genuinely very supportive back then and but uh, as as alex has said travis you'll notice the longer you make videos you will either just like you will either fall into a groove and get tired of it and burn yourself out and just go nah this isn't any fun anymore but i i feel that you will just constantly strive to improve and do those things naturally and of course comments are a great way to steer you because if you're thinking something in your head and you're like ah i don't really want to do this and then someone mentions it then you're like oh actually this is actually legitimizing this concern i had yeah into an actual comment that i trust i should actually go with this instinct i had and just follow that along that's a good way of putting it for sure yeah yeah, that's a good point. I had a kind of a funny example I wanted to bring up. I yesterday, just out of the blue, I, I sort of had this idea. This. I talked it over with SNES Drunk, <laughs> and I was like, I kind of want to do like a, a video where I just poke fun at some NES box art because a lot of it's ridiculous, and I personally think I'm kind of funny. I have fun exercising that part of me, and it's been a while since I've been around a group of people to make them laugh. Maybe I'll put a video together yeah. to pull this off. And I did it, and I, I will say, like, in making the video, I was like, it's a little more dry than I wanted it to be, but I was excited to get it out there, something new on the channel. And one of the one of the first comments that I got was from somebody who comments regularly, and it's usually pretty good, but he, he commented just flatly, I can honestly say I didn't laugh. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Oh, it, it burned. It's so... I pinned that comment because to me it was actually kind of funny how just how hard he slapped me in the face right there. Just like I didn't laugh, dude. Just you know, put me down. And then somebody tried. Somebody made it worse by trying to defend me 
in the reply, they were like, you know, I didn't laugh either, but maybe we weren't supposed to. And I'm like, you were totally supposed to. Oh, no. Oh, man. So um, I cried all night. I'm okay now, but wow. I had the funny man blues. That's just how it, you know, when you put yourself out there, it's just how it's going to go sometimes. And you can't worry about that. Um, You know what I mean? Like, it's, there's more respect for the folks that put themselves out there and try something than uh, a hell of a lot more respect than the people that dismissively are like, eh, it was funny. I didn't like it. You know, just oh, yeah. snidely. Yeah. Like the people people. that, I mean, you know, we're, we're team no face and I, we've talked about this before (laughs) in the, in the, our, our, uh, drunk friend, um, uh, discord, how, you know, there is sort of a separation between a lot of the people that we interview and us and there's like a, a group of of youtubers that will not put their face uh on there and it's all video uh it's all the video game footage and then other people that will splice their face in there's team face and team no face and <laughs> team face is very they're brazen i mean they're i don't know how they do it man they're going to get comments from people that are just the worst of the worst because you know they're they they're just the worst people out there and at least i won't get that like Pam, she's Ugh. out there front and center. Like, I'm Pam, and I'm here to talk about retro video games. It's like front and center, like right away, and it's yeah. like bing, bang, boom, you know. And I can't imagine what that must be like to get those kind of comments when you the first thing you see when you click on a video is your face, and it's like, oh man, I'm sticking team no face for life. Yeah, man, it's it's the shirts versus <laughs> skins of YouTube, like. <laughs> At the end of the year, of course, when we have the 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 drunk friend Discord basketball game and Team No Face versus Team Face, it's uh, it's close. It's usually we'll close. put on the masks like uh, the Scream masks, the Scream movie masks, <laughs> or something like that, or yeah, or just a black box over our heads. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we'll Twitter. wear uh, our logos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just put the avatars on there. It'll be all good. You would think it would be the opposite, though, right? Like you would think that people being human beings and connecting with someone over the internet and looking at a video of someone's face and like hearing them speak and not just like disembodied voices like us three that you would be like oh well this is actually a person the other side and not an animated game boy or whatever they think i am (laughs) and go like i should probably treat this person with respect and humility but no it's absolutely the opposite completely the opposite yeah that's a really good point and it's because those people don't have their face uh, out there, exactly. so they can say whatever they want. Yeah. I, I just think it's the internet, man. I just think, yeah. unfortunately, people don't put that much stock in things they write down, and it ends up being a lot more hurtful because you can't even hear... Well, you can sometimes hear the tone because it's dripping off every ladder, but like, people write something, and then like the guy could have been saying, like, ah, I didn't laugh. Like It could have just been like a, ah, you know try harder thing but like yeah. you read that and you're like oh my god he didn't laugh like <laughs> i can honestly say i didn't laugh it's like okay no. all that's, right uh, makes yeah, you feel, that's cool makes you feel any better man i used to i did stand up briefly when i first moved here oh, and wow. i did they had like um they have things here called friday bars which are where like students or like office workers go and have like a drink at their workplace and so there was a technical college near here that was doing engineering in English. And so they asked some Danish comics and like, I was one of two English comics that the guy who was running this knew, invited me along. 
I I generally did pretty well. Like I've died on my ass doing stand up a couple of times before, but like it was fine. Like people were laughing. I was like, okay, this is good. I was drinking with people afterwards, and someone just walked up to me. It was just like, I didn't understand a word you said, but people were laughing, so I laughed, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that makes me feel great. Thanks. <laughs> Jeez, Man. doing, that, that doing stand up is the most team face thing I can think of. Yes, it, you're. It's just you and a spotlight and a microphone and a, an audience of people saying, "Make me laugh." That is tough. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. It also depends on, like, sometimes I've done it and I've, like, been super in the mood to do it before going to do it and then just, like, completely just having an off day of just, like, not landing anything correctly and you're aware of it, which makes you even more conscious that you're not doing it and it just gets worse and worse. Like, Yikes. It's okay. Like, I (laughs) I used to enjoy doing it, but like I said, being here and doing English stand-up in a country where... They speak English incredibly well, but like Danish stand-up lands a lot better for obvious reasons because it's their first language. And yeah, I, I miss doing it a little bit, but oh, it is what it that's is. That's another layer of time. difficulty there. Dang. Yeah, that's really interesting. If I'd known about that earlier, I would have asked you more questions about that. But alas, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we're near the end of the uh, the interview, Alex, unless you had something else. No, I'm good. All right, great. Um all right, well, that does it for this episode of Drunk Friend. Before we sign off here, Game Boyle, do you have any projects that you're working on or anything you want to uh, promote or anything like that? I know you got your podcast. Yeah, sure. Um, so I do a podcast. It comes out every Sunday, well, usually every Sunday, uh, called Tom and Matt Attack. You can find that on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. I warn you, it is very much kind of dipping the toe between modern and retro video games, but more focused on the modern. And it is completely unscripted and it is two old friends just chatting. It's very casual, so don't expect any of the polish you perhaps get in the videos. And yeah, it is July, so I will at least put out one or two videos around licensed games. I've already let the cat out of the bag, so I guess I should announce it. It's going to be uh, Go Jirai, uh, so it is going to be all Godzilla games. Um, oh, there are four nice. of them, so I will see how many I get through. But the first one will be Gojira-kun, which is a sequel to an MSX game, which is kind of fun. It's the it's the Godzilla game you guys will probably have seen if you picked up the Game Boy version. It's really cutesy platformer, uh, puzzle platformer. It's cool. A Godzilla puzzle platformer. Interesting. Okay. I'm looking forward to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really awesome. I was going to ask if it was okay if I could steal Japanuary. I mean, if you want to do that, man, we can we can do a cross-channel thing. Maybe we can even do some stuff that's on NES and Game Boy at the same time. Whoa! Oh, that would be amazing. That. That's a but good yeah, go idea. Yeah, to I be honest, your, your you, monthly I... themes are... Some of my favorite things about your channel. We didn't touch on that, but you got May Forward, July Since, and Japanuary. This is so good. Yeah, and Alex, look out. I may be doing Shmup-tember, but I don't know yet. Oh, Let's man. See. Hell yeah. Bring all the Shmup-tember. I'll try. Like, all I wanted to do it last year, but then I made, like, four videos last year, so let's see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. I'm looking forward to it. That sounds awesome. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I, let's see what happens. I like I'm I'm so shaky to commit to stuff these days because I've just got out of the habit of churning out regular videos. And like I should have made a video announcing July since on the channel already and I was like, ah, I'll get round to it, but let's see. 
Well, I'm excited about Godzilla, Godzilla, Godzilla for sure. Uh, and that's been another Drunk Friend podcast. As always, you can hit up polykill.com to find more podcasts like this one. And if you'd like to reach out to us, drop us a line, ask a question, uh, or you know, leave us a mean comment, you can always email us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We need more mean comments. Come on, people. Step up your game. I will send you abuse. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, somebody will send us abuse. We're sadists <laughs> over here. Uh, if you'd simply like to help out the show, <laughs> but on that note, if you want to help out the show, remember to rate and review us wherever you listen. That's right. We're on Twitter as well. I'm at Trav Plays Games. Alex is, of course, at SNES Drunk. And Game Boyle is at Game Boyle. It's handy to have the name that you use on everything be the same thing. Unfortunately, I don't <laughs> think it is on most stuff, just YouTube and Twitter. So, nah. Easy to market. Yep, so it works. We also want to give our usual shout out to Coolor for the podcast music. The song you heard is called Electric Starbounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. All right. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.